all of my personal bests, like every single one of them comes usually around lunchtime and between 11 and two. And on those days, it usually correlates to the, the moon being directly overhead. That's too much of a coincidence for me, but I like fishing around lunchtime with big streamers because I get super excited. It feels electric. It feels like something's getting ready to happen. And it's just because I fish streamers a lot and I fish them throughout the day. So, and I, and it, I, I think it's, it has something to do with the, the moon position. Welcome back to another episode of the Wildfly Podcast. In today's episode, our guest is my good friend, CJ Lord. CJ is an incredible fisherman and probably most well-known for his ability to consistently target big brown trout. He has spent the last few years dedicated to exploring new water and testing out different streamer techniques that best trigger predatory fish. In this conversation, we talk about those techniques, but more importantly, we talk about why he is using them and how he changes up tactics in different situations. We also talk about the type of water you should look for when targeting big browns and how they move around throughout the year. So if you're anyone who's looking to target bigger fish or you want to have a better grip on streamer fishing, I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. But before we get into it, I wanted to let you guys know that we just dropped our spring apparel line on our website. We've got brand new shirts, hoodies, buffs, and much more available at www.wild-fly.com shop. And fortunately for all of you listening to this in the first week or two, we're running a 10% discount on all of our new gear. The discount code will expire on April 23rd, so if you want to get some before then, just use the code MISTYRIDGE at checkout and you'll receive 10% off your entire order. So uh, yeah, that's going to do it, and let's get into the conversation. We're, uh, we're doing some fishing this weekend up here, and uh, we've got this little cabin, this little Airbnb that we're hanging out in, and we got in some fish today, dude. Yeah, it was nice. Nice uh, species, yeah, multiple species, which is always a good day. Mm-hmm. So, definitely good. Yeah, we found some smallies. Even uh, hit a carp in the face. <sighs> got got a carp to eat a streamer, <laughs> which is pretty crazy. A really big carp ate. ate I was a like streamer. a massive smallie, and nope. I didn't know they were predators like that. So I guess new, they new are. species to target. Yeah, all you all you carp fishermen <sighs> out there, you guys uh, ate, ate a what five and a half inch silver streamer i do not understand because he ate it obviously but like i don't his mouth was not big enough to yeah i don't i don't understand he ate the front hook too so he was he was trying to kill it yeah so exactly i guess to start back yeah cj and i we met a couple years ago on instagram and uh cj hit me up and was like hey dude like i'd love to you know i've been doing a bunch of this like small stream streamer fishing would love to you know link up and do some fishing and uh, we got to fish, and <clears throat> I was just so impressed by, it was like, you think you know so much about fly fishing, and then the streamer realm was like so out of my out of my comfort zone, I'd say, at the time. And then you showed me something that was so unique, yeah. but like, it's something that seems like other people would be doing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I just hadn't seen people doing. It's... It's just a it's a different way of fishing. I think some people may think it's not very technical when it can be extremely technical, uh, just like a lot of parts of fly fishing. So um, you just need to get out there and try it. 
That's kind of just really it. It's just, you got to go out there. You got to learn how different flies are going to work with different size leaders and different types of water. Are you waiting? Are you fishing from a boat? Um, There's different tactics to all of it. And it it can become quite technical, um, especially in the small streams, because you've got to be able to get that fly to certain spots. And you're also trying to trigger different predatory responses. Um, so it's, you have to be able to do some, some certain things in the creeks because you don't have a lot of room to be able to swim flies. So, uh, it's definitely, it's definitely kind of, like, I wouldn't say it's unique anymore. There's a lot of people that are doing yeah. it now, but that, that's good. You know, people are getting out there. They're starting to see that, you know, trout are predators, um, and they can eat quite substantial things. Um, because if you're thinking about a 20 inch, 25 inch fish, you know, obviously that's a really big trout, but a 10 to 12 inch trout isn't that big to them. So it, 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 when I think about things that way, it just makes sense to me that, Hey, if I want to actively, um, I guess, try to hunt something, Mm -hmm. uh, that's just the, the best way for me to do it. And that's how I have fun doing it. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it's great, and yeah. I, I think it's. I think this will be hopefully beneficial for for everyone listening, and even me. Like, I every time I get to fish with you, I learn so much. Well, thanks, dude. I yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah, no, dude. And um, so I, I'm curious though, where does kind of this draw to like small stream fishing, and then streamer fishing, like yeah, yeah. figuring out how to streamer fish. Like, where does that come from? So it, 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 it comes from spin fishing, really. Um, growing up, my dad took me trout fishing uh, all the time. You know, I grew up fishing in the, the kind of the panhandle of West Virginia, the northern northwestern part of Virginia, you know, a lot of West Virginia in that, that area. Um, but when, when I was younger and the, what, the, the fishing that we saw often was, it was all conventional. So you didn't know anything about fly fishing. So, uh, did a lot of really small stream stuff, um, you know, using spinners. And I, I liked it, the, the active nature of it. Um, learned how to read the water. Um, like I was, we were talking about earlier, you know, when we were, even when we'd fish like power bait or corn or salmon eggs or yeah. like trout magnets, you're not just letting it float down. You're, you're kind of dead drifting them, you know, and, and you're, so you're picking up some of that stuff. So, uh, that, that's kind of where it started for me is that, you know, just trout fishing, trout fishing on conventional gear, learning how to read the water, learning how to, to, to kind of just pursue those trout. And that, that MEPS number two bladed, um, spinner was, was where it was at for me. And I liked actively targeting that predatory response with them. So when, when I finally did get into fly fishing it, it transitioned fairly easy both the, the casting took the longest mm-hmm. the 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 tactics that you use were similar um with like like when i mentioned the the salmon eggs and the, the power bait like and stuff drifting. like yeah, yeah dad drifting yeah. so that that it did it's not that it came naturally but when you understood that hey you're you're like feeding these fish 
what they actively eat all day long. It, it made sense from that standpoint. And then for me, moving to streamers from using spinners, again, it just it just made sense for me. And I, I think a lot of the way that I fish on small streams with streamers today is very similar to how I fished with spinners back when I was growing up. So yeah. it, it, it I just like actively targeting predators. So I think that and then that the activeness of both the conventional style and streamer fishing just did it for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and cause you've only been, I mean, you've what, only been fish fly fishing for what, like you said six years. Yeah. Or something yeah. Like yeah. That. Yep. But have really like become a really good angler in this. Well, I, I think that that's a questionable statement, but I appreciate <laughs> it. Um, it's time and water, you know, I, I'm lucky enough to have a, a job and, and an amazing life that allows me to, and support, I won't say allows me, sorry, love, <laughs> um, that supports me in my, uh, you know, my my obsession, I guess. But, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's definitely a time on the water. Dude. Yeah, it's it's time, it, and that's what it is. It, it's all time of water. So the, the more time that you spend out there, the more you learn, and it's just about gathering that data trying to process it and using it to better yourself the next time you're out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, something that I don't think people realize is that you're, you live four hours from where we're fishing and far four, too far from most trout streams. You <laughs> yeah, yeah. live in Raleigh, North yep. Carolina, not in the mountains. So, you know, how do you, how are you able to like, what does it look like making that work for making it up here to fish enough? Cause to, to be fishing, fly fishing for six years, and not live near the mountains, but like really improve takes a lot of time. Yeah, to like it does. To drive. Um, it's it's a lot of hoping that you've met people in the mountains that have homes and yeah. they, they let you stay, um, hotel rooms and overnight stays. Um, there is a part of it that where uh, I try not to do it much anymore, but you you get up at two or three in the morning. You know, you're packing the night before. You're prepping all your food. Um, you're trying to go to sleep like at 7 PM. I've got two kids. That's like impossible. <laughs> and uh, you, you usually fall asleep around 10, but you got to get up at two or three to make the four hour drive to hopefully be here. Not too far after light. Um, a lot of those days, you know, you, you, you come out, you make the early drive, you fish all day until two thirty, three o'clock. And, Hopefully you caught something so that ride home wasn't wasn't awful. And yeah, you're not the whole time. yeah exactly. And I, I think uh, th- those long drives are are helpful in a lot of ways because um, you can kind of overanalyze the different aspects of it. And I I think I've talked to you before about getting into like why did I miss this fish today? And I used to use a longer rod. I no longer use a longer rod anymore. And and when I think about those things, it's because you, you, you realize that you, you, you miss these fish because of certain aspects of the way that you're fishing and those long ride home give you the ability to, to kind of figure them out and, and hopefully solve for them. But yeah, it, it, it's challenging going or living so far from trout water. There's no doubt about it. You have to have uh, an obsessive like passion for, doing what you are doing and I love to do it. And when, when you do, you can, you can make, you can do those crazy things like drive four hours one way to go trout fish and then fish for eight and then drive four hours home, you know, it's cause you love doing it. So 
that's that's typically what what they look like though <laughs> yeah but then you're also coming up here and because i think oftentimes like when you go you drive away a ways mm-hmm. and you and you want to fish you like you want to catch fish yeah you're, you're like you want to make you, sure like oh you know i'm driving four or three hours to i want to go somewhere where you think you're going to catch them yeah but oftentimes or now pretty much most of the time you're streamer fishing yeah. which yes it can be very effective but mm-hmm. also doesn't mean that you're can be get, very very ineffective yeah it can also be very ineffective <laughs> on certain days so yeah. like it's, it's got to be challenging for you to be like really committed to streamer fishing um when even when driving like all the way up here you know yeah it, it is um though the, the the hard days is where you learn the most though you, you learn about fish behavior more because like uh, you'll have a clear day and maybe the water's low and you're you're moving fish and you're you're not connecting and maybe you made a small adjustment and caught like a small one but that small adjustment hopefully told you something on what you can do in the future um like i said you've got to have the passion about it and be willing to have a lot of days where you don't catch anything uh because a lot of days where you don't catch anything are the days that you learn a lot about the water a lot about fish behavior and hopefully it can make you better the, the next time I'd like to talk a little bit about um, kind of where where to target these fish, like where to find brown trout specifically. I guess maybe in our area, but I think this like applies every like yeah, yeah. pretty much everywhere. Yeah, but I think it'd be interesting to talk about this time of spring right now that we're in, and kind of like the approach to find certain fish, and kind of because you know big brown trout can be in a lot of different places. But how do yeah, you yeah. go about finding and? Um, these fish and where why do you think they are where they are well first and foremost i think the amount of online resources that are there but from from different states uh, that's where you should start your journey you know and then um i think that when you think about big predatory brown trout they move a lot um they can migrate um, I try to find, especially in like the, the, the late winter, early spring or, or different types of water that may not be trout waters all the time. You know, uh, if trout waters touch them, in theory, trout should or could be in those other areas, maybe the, a bigger river. Um, and, and they're probably in that bigger river, especially if they're bigger, because there's a lot more food there, you know, maybe there, 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 there's potential that there's more bugs there. There's all because there's more water, but there's also a lot higher potential for there to be other, uh, bait fish. Um, and if you're a big Brown, maybe you like to eat a lot of fish too, you know, along with a lot of bugs. So, uh, I think that when, when they're, when they're coming off, you know, maybe a hard winter, they're, they, they're probably moving out into some of that, bigger water uh to try to feed heavily maybe to gain some weight back to for for whatever reason um or they're just transitioning into those it really has to do with cold water and food if you when it comes down to it so if those are there there's you got to try it you know because you don't know where they're going to be unless you go fishing at these different places you're you're not going to know if they're going to be in those different systems so mm-hmm. start start with online resources find where they're at and then go from there Mm -hmm. because if it touches a place that is known to have brown trout in theory everything else that touches it 
could potentially have. Yeah. So like the tribute. Check it out. Yeah. Because I, I think that's something that really made a lot of sense um, when you f- when we first started talking about this, just like targeting fish. And yeah. Like figuring out okay, there's there's usually a big river system, and then mm-hmm. there's tributaries that touch that river system, and then there's tributaries that touch those tributaries, mm-hmm. and. I think exploring like oftentimes you think there's only going to be big fish in those bigger creeks, but the more times that we fished around Boone and I've, I've yeah, know, be messed around stuff. with the streamer or more times we fished here together, realizing like there's big fish in these like smaller creeks. Yeah, absolutely. And you you got to target them uh, uh, with the streamer a lot of times. Though. And, and you do, I, I think the, the, the first hole we came up to today, we moved to decent fish, you know, first cast, um, and you might not have seen that fish if you were fishing bugs. You may have, you may have caught the fish if you were fishing bugs, but, uh, you're not going to see it flash and really get a, a full understanding of what potential is there. And I think that that's a good way to, to kind of gauge a new system is take a streamer. You know, if, if you are in a new system and, and even if you're primarily a bug fisherman, if if you take a streamer with you and you're just interested in to see, Hey, what does this system potentially hold as far as fish, fish size, take a streamer with you and just try it out. If you move a fish, you've gained data that helps you understand, is this a system worth checking out? It doesn't mean go there once and just try like based upon that. Oh, that's, that's how I feel about this entire system. You need to give it a few shots, you know, give it some time, see if you move anything. Cause if you're moving fish that are 15 to 18 inches, there's big enough fish in there. there there's going to be 20 plus inches in there. Yeah. So, uh, brown trout. I mean, uh, yeah, they're they're going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> if there's brown trout around, there there's it's inevitable that if there's enough food and there's enough cold sustaining water that they're going to get big. Mm-hmm. So when you are going like to a new stream, what 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 are you kind of looking for like right off the bat? Like what are the what are the key things that make like scream to you like this is big brown trout water or potential. Uh, I, I like almost flatter water. Not not I'm not saying flat water, um, but like not as high elevation, I guess. I like the 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 kind of the slower, like like not not deep. I'm not gonna say deep, but like that if depth with cover nearby, whether that's logs or roots and stuff like that, ambush zones, you know, um, I, I prefer those areas more. And I think that we've talked about this before, like the Browns are going to be, they can be anywhere. That's the reality. Mm-hmm. Um, they can be in riffle runs. I, I typically find the rainbows in the riffle runs, but brown trout, the bigger ones and these kind of these softer pockets off to the side near some cover. Um, and those are the, the money places that you like to target uh, or that I like to target. One thing, though, when I'm moving towards those areas is that I'm fishing everything else, though. You should always cast. You should always be casting. And stupid stuff that doesn't look like it, it can't even hold a fish because I've caught freaks out of stuff that most people are going to step into. Like the last time we fished. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So it... And, and that's a perfect example of that because it was like off to the side. It was like a, a riffle and it. And that was a big trout that was in a riffle actually. Um, that goes completely against what everything I just said, but yeah, <laughs> but it, that's the reality is that they can be anywhere and 
cast to it all, try it all, and kind of just go from there. Yeah. Do you think like really spending time on trying to like understand just the predatory behavior and just understand brown trout has helped with how you target and like how you approach different river systems? Uh, I I mean yes. And like I guess explain maybe like as a predatory fish, you know, why do they do? Why are they? What are these triggers? And like why are they? I mean, I think there's triggered? yeah, I think that there's different types of triggers that predators have. You know, is it you can trigger them? So like, let's say you're in a creek and um, you're casting upstream and you're bringing it down. You know, if they're going to be turning and, and following that, that's that's probably they're actively coming after it to eat it. Whereas if you're you're fishing this fishy run and you're saying like jigging it upstream in that run and trying to hold it there, you might be triggering more of a territorial response, not necessarily I I want to eat you response, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that for me, especially in the creeks, there there's you're, you're limited in your ability to present the fly. So you, you've got a dead drift essentially. You've got kind of uh, a, a sort of a swing, um, which is a, a fleeing motion. So dead drift is just a, a dead minnow or sculpin floating down the river. That right. can trigger a response. Um, a swing is like something fleeing from something chasing me. That can trigger a predatory response. And then the up, the up, the upstream is usually territorial response. And that, that's kind of what you're limited to in a creek. But when you get to the bigger river, let's say either you're wading a bigger river or you're fishing from a raft, a boat, whatever it may be, you can it it opens you up to fish different actions to where you can let's say you can now you've added everything you can do in the creek, but now you can make a fly die. So when you're fishing these bigger unweighted um, streamers, you can you can like count down like if you're using sinking line you can count down make that fly sink and you can make it and put a bow on your line you can make it run parallel to banks um and as it's running parallel to that bank you're doing these hard strips that's making a the the rear end kick out like it's dying and like trying to get it go down river at the same time so w- when you make a fly die especially some of those bigger streamers that that obviously triggers a response so it's same with like Rapalas and stuff, you yeah. know, and the, the conventional gear. It's that real erratic, like crazy behavior. And when you're fishing the creek stuff like dungeons and, and weighted flies, it you can do it, but your ability to do that over a length of water is minimized greatly. So it's important to have, I think, both aspects of that i guess to your your streamer game is, mm-hmm. is understanding when you can use those um because like today we were targeting fish on we we're targeting predators on a bigger river and i was able to use the unweighted flies and really because i had the room to to fish that fly in a way that i thought was going to trigger a predatory response and that for me and that scenario and that type of water, that, that predatory response that I was trying to trigger was based upon a streamer coming downstream with hard strips and then stopping it and letting that rear end kick out. So it would, it looked like something, a minnow was dying in the water and struggling mm-hmm. to try to turn back upstream. So 
um, I think that I think that that's how you know you can kind of that that time of water helps you learn those those different aspects of it, and then you can apply those to you know the, the situation that you're in because so much of it is situational. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, recently you've been started to do like more a lot more fishing out of the boat. Yeah, yeah. But what do you think has been from your like? What have you taken away most from doing a lot of small stream like wade? streamer fishing and like how have you applied that to um your your boat fishing out of the stream yeah streamers? i think i think that it's twofold first i want to say that i catch a hell of a lot less bigger less big fish from the boat um which is kind of interesting uh, i think it's more to do with kind of getting back to the question is the 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 ability to attack and really pick apart a stream versus being in a boat where you can only you're, you're like oh look at that fishy spot I, I, will, I would love to be able to throw like 15 different casts in it but i'm moving yeah. past it i need i might get two in there um i think that that that's that's a struggle uh from the boat it really does come down to being able to work the water first and foremost i think that things that have helped me from the creek to the boat is roll casting because let's say you got to drop it in somewhere that you're trying to fish or trying to, to, to find like new water, um, which has been one of the really cool things about having a raft. But the thing that has helped me the most is definitely roll casting because we can be coming through a tight run where maybe rower's not the greatest or there's just not enough room. And, and you can just you can just be like bam and then like like jig it two or three times then bam jig it through two or three times and, you know and you're you're hitting a bunch of spots in the boat that you normally wouldn't hit at that cadence in a boat so i think that having a really strong roll cast with a number of different size streamers with my setup helps a lot mm-hmm. um and that i think that that that's that's made me a better boat fisherman um, I think vice versa though, because I have a skill set now fishing out of a boat in an entirely different way. Cause you, you've got that killing aspect of the fly and there's such a different cadence that you can add to your strips that make the fly do so many different things that, um, learning that from being on the boat so much and fishing with some phenomenal streamer fishermen has made me just a better fisherman all all together because you can then they they translate back and forth Mm -hmm. you know so like today we we waited in the morning and i didn't have success on the streamer and and the smaller stuff but the afternoon and we went to a bigger river and again we're, we're just fishing for predators and I, I was, if, if I didn't have the boat skill set today, I don't think I would have caught, I, one, wouldn't have had those types of streamers. Two, yeah. wouldn't have caught, I don't think, the fish that I did catch because I don't think I'd be able to cast the way that I can cast. Um, and that's another thing that's helped me from fishing from a boat so much is the ability to cast at distance repetitively six inches from a bank all the time and just pray that you're rewarded for good casts. <laughs> and I, there, there's a lot are. more to that, but 
because uh, I'm a firm believer that working your fly or fishing your fly has a lot to do with your success with catching the fish too. Um, because I think that you can get stuck in a rhythm and I think we all can. And that rhythmic strip, 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 I think can be the death of your day. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to be trying, and this is, this applies to both in my opinion. You need to be trying different cadences, different strengths in which you are stripping because I can pull like, like little itty bitty strips and just make it like dance a little bit. And then I can do hard, abrupt stops. I'm like, stop it as fast as you can. And that'll make that fly do all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, especially tiny dancer, you know, the double deceiver, any of those, those kind of weightless two hook platform flies that are about five or six inches. They kind of swim that way. Um, so if you're able to learn how to get those different cadences with your fly, um, that can make you more successful too. Mm-hmm. So I think those are uh, some some things that I've learned that have helped me. Like stuff waiting has definitely helped me from the boat. Stuff from yeah. the boat has definitely helped me from waiting, and and it, it's it's made me learn a lot more about the flies that I use too. Yeah, so much so that there are certain flies that I like to f- fish with a certain length of leader, to where there is like a a six inch. Uh, leeway to where it, it fishes really well or it fishes f- or, or like not at all like it, it, it's it's a completely different fly like like tiny especially a tiny dancer there is a sweet spot for that fly that is makes it dive and go crazy if you're too long it'll float if you're too short it'll float because it's got the foam diver head just like finding that in finding that but you don't find that unless you fish it so if you fish this one time and they're like, that thing is crazy looking. That's not going to catch a trout. It doesn't. Don't don't buy it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's not a good one. <laughs> but it, you heard it here first. <laughs> don't buy it. But if you if if you fished it with the wrong size leader and never gave it a chance, you're not going to fish it anymore. And and that's one of my favorite flies of fish. Yeah. It catches fish. It doesn't matter what the species are. Um, so, and, but you get that. It, 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 it's all. I think it is everything is time and water. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, because you've, I mean, I mean, just these different cadences of your stripping mm-hmm. patterns or your just movement of the fly. I mean, you've probably figured out from just figuring, like, just being on the water. Yeah. And, like, and, testing things out. And it's a it's a hard, I guess, question to answer if you were asked, like, well, what would be, like, your primary stripping way? I think it's, it, it, it's situational as the retrieve is occurring in my opinion, because maybe you're passing a rock or maybe you're putting a big bow in your line because you want it to follow a, a ledge, you know, you see that ledge, you make a great cast, you wait two or three seconds and let that water take a big bow in your line. So you're, you're almost swinging it. But Mm -hmm. if you get a big enough bow, that streamer will swim straight downstream and that can trigger some pretty vicious predatory responses from multiple species. So doing those different things just just helps. Yeah. So but like besides say just like water levels, mm-hmm. what other what other like aspects or other other things What that are, do I think about like how weather and stuff like that helps? Yeah, like or like hurts? weather and I know you've talked about 
Barometric pe- yeah, pressure, yeah, yeah. moon phases. Like, how do those tie into? I'll know, give you my opinion on it. Yeah, um, or, or at least from your experience. Yeah, Because yeah. like we, you're not cl- like we're both not claiming to like. Yeah, know yeah, everything, not at all. But I definitely this don't. is from like this is just correlation. <laughs> it's not causation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, I think, I think your 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 classic streamer conditions. Yeah, those are gonna be great. You know, your your cloudy skies. Maybe it just rain, uh, rising or lowering water that has color. Um, those always increase your chances. Um, I think I, I don't ever really like to be out there on a, a high pressure bluebird sky day. Uh, they usually don't catch a lot on a streamer. Um, I, I, I do like to be out there on cloudy days or as a, a low pressure fronts moving in or, or really any front moving in, it's going to change something that could trigger them to respond to you possibly. Uh, I think that I, I moon phase. I'm, I, I think that anything besides full moon for me, um, I typically don't do well on streamers after a, a full moon. I think that likely because those fish are probably feeding all night. Um, they might not be, but mm-hmm. that makes logical sense. There's more light. Yeah, yeah. There's more light. They can see. Um, I think that more important than moon phase is moon position and you can align moon position with tides, um, moon position, similar to how, uh, some whitetail hunters like big trophy buck hunters will use it. And a lot of times they'll, they'll catch big deer moving midday. And it usually corresponds with the moon being overhead or directly underfoot. So at its peaks, either way, mm-hmm. um, and that triggers things to occur, I think, in just our Earth. If you think about it, the moon controls the tide. It's logical to think that it could... I think there's there's stuff out there that, is, uh, that, that goes into how the, just the moon affects different animal behavior, too. So yeah. I've noticed that all of my personal bests, like every single one of them, comes usually around lunchtime, in between 11 and 2, and on those days, it usually correlates to the, the moon being directly overhead. That's too much of a coincidence for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like fishing around lunchtime with big streamers because I get super excited. It feels electric. It feels like something's going to happen. And it's just because I fish streamers a lot and I fish them throughout the day. And that's just what I've experienced. Yeah, I really don't usually catch big browns right at daylight and right at dark i think that in some ways yes you do increase your chances to to hook up to a fish with a streamer not necessarily uh, a giant fish so that's not been my experience though right. you know all of mine usually come midday mm-hmm. so and i and it, i i think it's it has something to do with the, the moon position um barometric pressure again that's fronts so any weather system moving in or out, I think that, that those are good things to fish around. Mm-hmm. Um, eclipses, surprisingly, I've had ridiculous days, like uh, the day of an eclipse or the day before. But Interesting. that could, that's just probably a freak event, though. Yeah, I know. That's just a freak the event. The fish anyway. just know. They're yeah. like, there's something yeah. crazy something going crazy on. Something crazy is going on. <laughs> but, yeah, there, I mean, that's been my experience with the different types of conditions is yeah there's there are certain ones low clear water is it ideal no 
You're going to have a rough day, especially if it's a high-pressure system and it's a believer it's guy. And they're just going to see you. Like, yeah, it's, they're going to see you. It's going to be a tough day really It's going to be tough, to, especially in creeks. It's it's tougher to cast. It's tougher to land a streamer in softly anyway, let alone when it's much lower in a clear water event. You know, mm-hmm. So it, it, everything becomes more difficult in that type of scenario where if you got a big storm, the water's up, there's more of it, it it's usually colored. It gets big predators. It it makes them less weary, you know. Yeah. So definitely fit if you're able to fish the conditions that um, give you a better chance for it. Let's say you're not, you don't want to dedicate a bunch of time to streamer fishing. Well, then have streamers with you that fit uh, your understanding of streamer fishing that you have confidence in, and just fish those conditions when they're they're presented don't go all out and just do it all the time uh, i think that like starting like step by step like starting small yeah give it a, give it a try and then yeah. each time you go out maybe try a little bit more yeah. maybe you'll... you're you're going to be a more well-rounded successful fisherman if you can fish dries nymphs and streamers um i, I think that and you're going to be successful at catching big fish that way too you can catch them all three ways. You, if, if you're not into streamer fishing, use them to find big fish streams and then fish your bugs there. You know, I think that that can be helpful too. Yeah. So for like, for people who maybe let's say don't have like the biggest, uh, like maybe they don't have like a sink tip rig, eight weight, you know, big rod. Like yeah. what's like a good starting point for, for people who maybe just want to kind of start dabbling in it and uh, start figuring and maybe just you know go to their local creek and just start messing yeah, around first and foremost i mean creeks you, you usually have to use weighted flies um something with a cone head something with dumbbell eyes something with weight so you don't have to worry about buying a sinking line um if your streamers still aren't getting down use a split shot it's at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if, if you can, if you can cast it where you need to with a split shot to get it down, it's going to get it down where you need it to be. If that's the situation or the thing that you're trying to achieve is depth. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, that, that's the, the most basic thing, get, get some like many dungeons, um, and olive. If, if you want to get super basic or olive woolly buggers, stuff like that, um, normal nymphs yeah normal nymphs <laughs> <laughs> and then and then just try it you can try it with floating line mm-hmm. just see what it does see how it reacts and, and adjust as necessary um then to step it up get a poly leader you know you can buy poly leaders those are the, sink ones, yeah, right? those are the sinking ones and they'll that'll add a little bit of depth to you it's not gonna be as pleasant to cast at any distance um but you can still do it mm-hmm. it'll still work for creeks um, if you don't want to do either of those, just Thank you, sir. thinner diameter tip it and just give it more time, tight line it more. Yeah. You know, so there, there's different things you can do to, at a very basic level, you know, just uh, get into it and try it when the, you see that those conditions are right. Like maybe you're out there and you're, you're having a good day on the bugs and a storm comes through and you've got time left. 
and but the water is colored i just watched your video the other day and you said that was muddy i was like man it looks fantastic yeah i was like i would have just stayed there all day no, but I, I had the streamer around the car <laughs> I, just, I just didn't bring it out that type that type of scenario is when you, maybe you should bring the streamer out and go mm-hmm. go try it you know because you're just uh, with anything it's just going to be a just learning experience if you don't catch anything but there's an opportunity that you could catch the biggest fish of your life yeah so what do you, what do you think about fishing on like rainy days and like i love it I think it gives you a huge advantage for a number of the conditional reasons we just talked about, you know, and you get the added advantage that it's almost camouflage for you. If you're waiting, um, it, 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 again, it it makes things, uh, just a a bit easier. I I love it. Yeah. And nobody, not as many people are out there. Nobody's out there. Yeah. (laughs) Today was kind of badass when it started raining. Yeah. See people leaving. Yep. They're like, oh, they're like, you fishing? Yeah, we're going to go fish. So, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it, I don't mind rough conditions. Same with winter, you know. I, I think the brutal cold uh, helps, first and foremost, because of pressure. It keeps people off the water. Uh, but if you can handle it, I also think the hatches are less. Um so they're maybe, so maybe they're seeking midges, those midges or they're eating uh, bait fish or winter stones, you know? Yeah. So, and while yes, there, there are systems that they can get huge on just that. Um, but I have a lot of success in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. So, but it, 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 it's, it's, it's the conditions that make it more likely uh, that you're going to get it. So yeah, I mean, just hook up with a big fish. So. Right, just like putting yourself in the position yeah. where maybe less people are going to be out there, and um, you know, the, it still is a really good condition. It increases like, your you're not going to fish. You're probably not going to go out and fish like a dry fly in the rain. No, and so that's going to eliminate a bunch of people. Yeah, you know, and uh, yeah, I, I I think it's great, and I, that's something I wanted I want to definitely do more because we do get frequent rains in Boone. Uh, throughout the spring and summer that yeah. I think can be really good to actually fish on those days. Yep. Um, even though it might seem like, Oh, you just can't fish those days. Yeah. Those are the perfect, those are the perfect time, especially if you live close to, to different water, you have the opportunity. Mm-hmm. So why not? Like if, especially if you're just way into fishing, if, if you're like all bummed out that you can't go that day, go put yeah. a streamer on. Right. Some weird stuff happens. <laughs> yeah. And that type of scenario. Oh, yeah, dude. Well, so what do you think, like, looking back now, because you've been doing this for a while and really have, like, a good system down and, like, yeah. have have started to, like, really understand, like, the whys of, like, what you're doing. Yeah. But what do you think has, like, been, was, like, the biggest mistake that you made maybe in the past um, that you've learned from now? Uh, mistake? I, I, or mistakes? I don't know. I, I, I. I'm not gonna say they're mistakes because I learned because I, I, I learned from them and it's got me where I, I was today. I, I I went a lot of different ways with rods for different reasons and um, I used to use a longer rod. Started out with a uranium rod, you know, and that works for certain situations. And that rod is obviously not made to cast uh, streamers. Yeah. <laughs> so um, having the right equipment for the job definitely makes a big difference, but. I think the different there was a reason why I was using a wrong rod or a long rod though, and it was the, the the ability to reach out in a creek to be able to 
try to trigger a, uh, a territorial response with that upstream approach because you catch a tremendous amount of fish that way. Um, and having that reach enabled me to that 10 foot rod reach, regardless of weight had gave me the ability to reach out over and still keep a distance. Mm. Therefore I thought I had an advantage. Um, I think that if I was fishing with others, I would potentially have a higher um, hookup rate or a higher move rate, um, but a lower catch rate. And kind of going back to the mistake or, or learning from the experience more so is that I, I kept analyzing again, this helps me with my long trips home too, but I kept yeah, analyzing yeah. why, why do I keep missing these fish? I'm hooking them. Then I understand that like, yeah, I am Creek, I'm Creek fishing, so I can't strip set. So that's already a huge disadvantage. I, I've I, now I have a longer rod, so I'm, probably way out past my body when I'm setting. Um, and the length of that rod is really made to be delicate with tippet to nymph. Uh, even when I had, cause I had like a six foot, uh, 10 foot six weight that I used. And, and yes, it, it still had more positive force that it could exert on the rod tip to drive a hook in. It's, when you trout set on a rod that length, there's just so much tippet protection that you don't get any force to be able to drive to, to, to push those bigger streamer hooks into the, the mouths of a lot of fish. Um, so because to me, that's my biggest mistake, but I, I, I learned from it and I, I had a lot of success in different ways because I learned about behavior from, from doing this reach type, you know, upstream approach, uh, that has made me successful as a fisherman. Um, but realized that, Hey, I can, maybe I can still do the same thing with a little less reach. So maybe I have to be closer, which may decrease my chances. But when I do move them and I do still have sometimes have to trout set with them, that if I'm using the appropriate size rod for the job anyway, that I can get away with more of a, uh, not a traditional strip set and still hook them because it's so and have enough force. Yeah. yeah. It's really hard to strip set a streamer when you're fishing up river the majority of the time, um, to not have the rod behind you because when you're in a boat, the boat's moving at the speed of the water. So everything as you're casting is also moving. So you can do a lot of different things when you're, when you're streamer fishing from a Creek or in a Creek, the the streamers shooting out pretty shooting down the, the stream pretty quickly so it's hard to keep up with it almost so you, you you've got to almost move your rod faster than the streamers going so you can give it action well that mm. puts you at a huge disadvantage to to actually catching the trout because now you've taken away your primary ability to to uh set a hook for streamer fishermen which right. is strip set and yeah, you you lose some fish because of it, you know, and you de and I definitely lost a lot of fish um, because of not being able to strip set with that longer rod. Mm -hmm. So those were those were some that was kind of my experience of something that I'm okay with it. The way that it took me to figure out 
why I, I, I do what I do now. So, because you got to learn somehow. Like yeah, you can't you just you, you can't just like look up everything. Yeah. you got to like figure some stuff yep. out and, and be there. Did. Like oh, that didn't work. Like, but were there any were there any like say specific like types of water or specific types of spots that you overlooked at first that now you're like oh my gosh like. I've caught so many fish in that. Oh yeah, I mean sneaky like, looking spot yeah. or, or techniques like the upstream like, deal. Like especially shallow sides. There's, it's you'll find. I mean, big trout will be sitting in weird spots. I don't. I, no rhyme or reason. They're just in weird spots. So picking up on that just makes you cast more. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think today. I didn't fish today like I normally would have in a creek. I'm usually more more active than I probably was. Yeah. Um, but we. I don't. You just fish it more thoroughly because of it. That's all it is. Yeah. Fish all of it. Fish anything and everything. They can be anywhere. Well, like like big fish can be like like this little itty bitty pocket. Yeah. Do you want to talk about? your technique with the kind of the, the dangle like in front of structure you have, or you almost position yourself uh, upstream of where you want to fish a little bit. And you're reaching out over the stream and you're kind of like letting your, your line and your, your streamer lay or dance almost on the surface next to that cover. Um, sometimes it could be eat. Maybe there, maybe there's a lot of current where that cover is. And they will come up from where the current isn't as swift uh, on the bottom layers of the current and come up to either investigate, territorially kill, or eat, essentially. And I think being able to have that cover, or if there is cover that has current um, that's fairly swift, you'd be surprised if you held your streamer above that like kind of fishy spot how many people or how how many fish you'll actually get or coax up to to actually eat something or to to hit it mm-hmm. um I, I think the ma- the majority of the time i think it is territorial but a- again it, it's something that i do often and almost in every run i go to now you know i fish it like traditionally from from downstream and i'll dead drift it maybe once and i'll swing it a few times in the fishy parts of the runs and then you better believe that every time i pass one that looks like it it probably should hold a trout and i didn't catch anything then i'm gonna almost flip it down river and then kind of bring it upstream almost on the surface not quite skittering on the surface but right there you can yeah. see it and when they eat it's visual lose your shit it's visual (laughs) yeah it is it is alarming how many of them will do it and it is uh it is crazy to see a 23 24 inch brown trout come out of nowhere in a spot that was questionable probably anyway and uh they'll fully like great white like breach the surface coming after stuff and they'll miss straight up whiff and you're like, you're an apex predator. What just happened? Why did that occur? And why are you not in my net? Oh my God. Yeah. Well, I guess, dude, that would. That's why you do it. You know, like it that's is. probably the, why. You those get- are those are some of the coolest eats that that you can have. And I missed a fish uh, last time I was out. It was probably a 23 or 24 inch female. I know she was a female because she did cut. That's exactly what I just said. Is exactly what happened. She completely jumped out of the water after the streamer um i'm pretty sure saw me 
and wouldn't come back after it. But <sighs> I like I had an adrenaline rush like I had because I haven't had, I haven't caught a big brown in quite some time. So that that was an opportunity where it almost happened and it, it didn't. And it was yeah. heartbreaking. And but oh. I got to see it. Yeah, and that was oh awesome. God. And, and it like, continues to confirm that why I do that every time I'm on a creek, I go upstream of that and I bring it upstream. Especially it's like structure. Worked, it's worked too many times to not do it all the time. Right. So, well, definitely something to to try out. Yeah. It'll oh it'll increase. You'll catch. You, you'll get small ones to come up after it too. Mm-hmm. It's 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 fun. Do you, can you think of like a specific like? Do you have like a most memorable fish that you can think of? Like, there's a few for a few different reasons. Um, you know, there there's always ones with my dad to where you know we we started fly fishing together, so we've got some really good fish together. We we had a Father's Day where we both caught rainbows like at the same time, and we've got a picture together of that. So cool. th- those are pretty cool. Um, you know, I've got got ones with friends. Uh, my first big kind of boom brown was was a pretty cool experience you know it happened right after a big rain um and with uh bend and then ej last year i caught my personal best and that oh yeah doing that on the system that we were able to do that on and the type of water and it was an awful day and we were almost at the takeout and a freak come out of nowhere and and do that and chaos ensued where i end up falling in the raft and (laughs) having a long-term injury because of it and then (laughs) well worth it (laughs) it definitely was and then ej's like out and uh out in the water and didn't really drop the anchor he's just kind of holding the raft in the water and i'm fighting this thing freaking out like really freaking out (laughs) yeah and then when I when I fall is when it actually um, my line wrapped around the oar, oh, and no. and luckily EJ was like right there, and he um, he got the net right underneath of it, and I mean as soon as it went into the net, it, the streamer popped out of his mouth. Oh my god! So it was it it was a culmin a culmination of many things that made that fish special. Obviously, it, it being with one of my good buddies, but um, also it being a personal best fish, and mm-hmm. and then the way that it happened at the place that it happened, and so that that was a pretty special one too. There's something about like the shared experience of fly fishing. Th- there is, I think. And I'm gonna keep going though, but like my kids you know their first fish on the fly you know was uh, incredible as well oh my, my, my wife even though she doesn't like it but she caught one on the fly and that was cool you know we had a, an awesome time on that trip but there there's there's a bunch of really memorable ones and they're all for different reasons so you know yeah so no i love that dude and it's not always just the biggest. It's no, not it's just, not. It's not. There's like certain things. Well, I to mean, it. one of the first times that we stream, or not one of the, it was early on in our relationship, you know, you're probably like, who's this dude talking crazy stuff about these streamers? <laughs> 
and and what i'd been showing you that day actually happened so that's a memorable you that's know right. and that was a big fish it's right at the end of the day and it was it was a, it was right it was 20 on the dot i remember that fish like it was yesterday you know oh. what it looked like where it was. i know the exact hole uh, yeah i, I fished it. that hole every time i'm in, on that creek just to just to check if there's another one in there i think i like blacked out like i like saw the eat and then I just blocked yeah. out. And the fish was in the it net. Was good. I was like, "What just happened? It this was is awesome. This is, it happened this so is quick not real." Too. What? It's the same thing that happened today. Yes. Yeah. When, I, when I caught that. Yeah. That's what I was saying earlier. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That, it was, that was the first time I had like a good stream rate. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. It was visual. That's why I said that. I was like, "Fuck." Oh my! I know. Yeah, especially, especially when you get a good one, it's visual or. You get a good one, and it's because you were you were trying something new, yeah. Um, and, and that's when it makes it really cool, you know, because it gives you like the confidence then to to go on to the next thing. Because yep. you like you you weren't really sure, you know. You're like, I don't know about the streamer thing. Like, yeah. you know, it's I've heard about it or this and that, but then like you actually you find some success on like one thing. You're like, oh my gosh, yeah. So then you go try it again, yeah. Uh, the reason I, and this is kind of one of the reasons why I'm way into it is that you're not passively feeding fish. You're actively trying to get them to have a predatory response, you know, and, and I, I have fun with bug fishing. They're, they're, you know, and beyond popular belief I, yes i do yes use the cj bugs. <laughs> cj does there, there, there apparently is now video proof of that um but i don't use them much I, I, I use them when absolutely necessary or if there's like a great hatch or maybe i just don't want to streamer fish that day you know um I, yes i primarily do streamer fish but I, i'll get them out i think it's it's good to switch it up every now and then so, well, before we go into the questions, I, I want to talk a little bit, you know, like, like I, like I told you, whenever I get to talk with people who kind of know what they're doing with the camera, it's, <laughs> oh, with the camera, I was about to say, it's always, it's always, it's always I don't fun. Know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, but camera is questionable too. Yeah. I appreciate the, the compliment. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's, what's really cool is you, you've, uh, you're not only catching, you know, really big fish, you've been able to catch a lot of really big fish, but you also be able to photograph them in a really unique way but also by yourself yeah yeah you know like some really high quality photos thanks man so tell me like what like how that started and like because a lot of it you were doing it you were just fishing solo so you had to yeah. figure out a way to, to yeah. take photos by yourself yeah I, I was into i'm probably into photography because my wife's a photographer um i enjoy taking pictures i used to and i'm gonna go kind of completely off topic for a yeah. second go for and it. then we'll come back I I used to be into cars a lot, you know, and I had like this, you know, fixed up Volkswagen. It was a Mark III GTI. I had a lot of stuff done to it. We used to love to go to shows and take extremely high quality pictures of our cars. And it, it's just something that I enjoyed doing. It was cool, different people's perspectives when they had like full frame cameras to see that quality and like these different cool spots. It was just, it was something that I enjoyed. Mm -hmm. So photography has always been like a thing that I was into in some way. Um, and then naturally because my wife is, uh, a, a photographer, um, we could have conversations about 
different things like like hey i want to bring because because i do enjoy photography i want to bring that to fly fishing and i want to be able to take because these fish are incredible looking you know they're some of the prettiest fish in the world so um especially when you see high quality photos of them it's it's pretty cool because you 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 didn't see that often you know um so I, i started trying to research like like what what's the best tripod to get and what's what's the best camera but if if i buy a camera how do i then see myself and there was so much out there too because you're like well because you have to think about well what if you drop it in the river and you just paid a bunch of money for a camera so should i get a gopro and gopros didn't have screens on the front that you can right. see yourself back then you know so um it was just a lot of research, you know, I wanted the ability to, cause I did fish by myself to go to these remote places, um, still have high quality photos and kind of just take an inventory of, you know, the, the beautiful things that I was being able to see by myself. Um, so that's kind of how I got into it. Um, I think that the new GoPros will probably help people out now. Yeah. But there, there are other cheaper alternatives. You can absolutely use your phone. Phones are getting so ridiculous now that just get yourself a little tripod in your iPhone or your your, your Galaxy, whatever you're get using. Get you some rocks. Yeah, or get you <laughs> some rocks on. and just put them on there. <laughs> Most of our phones have a self-shooting setting that you can say shoot, you know, yeah. and then you can bring it up. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that because of those things it it, it was just it, it was an important part for me of just being out there mm-hmm. so yeah because you started out with what just like a little point and shoot in like a tripod yeah, it was like an m, self-timer m canon m6 or m10 or and it was like one of the only canons that had like a, a screen that completely flipped to where you could it was like a, a early vlogging camera or something mm-hmm. and but it could take stills um it, and I think a lot of people don't realize that with a lot of new cameras, the uh, you can set um, continuous high. You can take a lot of pictures really quickly while keeping the fish, you know, really safe and 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 only lifting them out really quite literally very minimal. You can you can lift a fish out and down and really get like 15, 20 shots now with cameras, yeah, you know. Right. And that's all you're doing is you're quite literally lifting them up getting it set up beforehand because there's touch you know you, you set your, your your aperture your iso or shooting auto if you're starting out if if you've got a camera like that hold your hand up you know tap the screen where your hand is to get it to zoom there and just get really good at lifting that fish to that to that specific spot mm-hmm. um and first and foremost care about the fish do it twice and then if you didn't get shot, you didn't get shot. Who cares? Yep. It's not about that. It's great if you have that, but it's not about that, you know? Um, so if you if you got it, awesome. Cool. If you didn't, you still experienced it. You've got a blurry, blurry-ass picture of it. So you can still Self-proof. show your friends. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and you got to let them go knowing that that fish went back. Yeah. And was fine. So... Um, there, there's absolutely a right way that you can do it by yourself. And uh, that's how I was able to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's something that, um, 
is really important that people should always be considering who anyone who's taking photos, anyone who's taking videos of fishing, especially like or just of your fish when you're fishing, yeah. because you do want to be very cognizant of your impact the fish. Yeah, and like yeah, it's got to be quick, and that's why, dude. I feel like doing like when a fish when you when you get the fish to the net when I'm filming, it's just like. All right, game time. Yep. Like, let's get these shots really quick and yep. we can release the fish. Yep. It's, just, it's it's important to have that in the back of your mind. Less because, stress. Yeah. And also I think one of the um, cool things that you've shown me is sticking the net into um, like the bank on yeah, the side. Yeah. And so you can still keep the fish in the water mm-hmm. while you maybe like you're setting up your camera really quick or just yeah, – That's just, almost – you know, I wish I wish we had Brady's nets in here so you could um, you, you guys could show it like with the couch almost. Yeah, pretty much. You can do it with any net that has a, a net handle that is you know of any size. But you just you kind of just get your knee and you, you put it on the basket and you kind of jam it in and then push your knee into the the ground. You just push the handle yeah like almost directly into the embankment and. Um, if your handle's long enough, it'll support the weight of, you know, uh, a confirmed 26 inch brown trout. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it'll, it'll do it. And if your basket's deep enough, then it'll just hold it there. And they're, they're in the water. You can go do whatever, you know, you mm-hmm. can go get your camera ready. You still obviously want to do it quickly as you can, because yeah. it, it's, it, then it's the stress. It's not necessarily the, the mishandling. It's they're in a stressful situation that they don't need to be in. So get your stuff done. But now you're not fumbling with them potentially holding the net out of water, mm-hmm. trying to get your stuff ready. You know, you've got a net that's secure. Your fish is going to be fine. It's not going to get away, so you can still take a photo. Um, you can get your stuff ready and, and go from there. Yeah. And it keeps, when you're lifting the fish to get a good photo, if you, if you put it in the water or into the embankment right at water level, It'll it'll be a better composed photo because your net's not sticking halfway up, and then the fish, the, the background of the fish is then the net and the net handle. Yeah. Instead of the net being part of the capture, but like uh, adding to it, not taking away. Yeah. You know? So right. putting it in the bank helps you a lot with that because now you don't have to have somebody to hold it. It'll still catch the fish if you if you like if it falls out of your hand, mm-hmm. and and then you can you know it just it makes for a better photo too. Yeah, no, definitely. And you also have to be pretty conscious about like the background, especially yeah, with certain always. fisheries. You know, like what, like it's it's not. I don't know. And it doesn't even have to be about uh, where you're fishing necessarily. Just compose a good photo yeah, first exactly. and foremost. Like think about your lighting. Yeah. Think about where the fish is going to be. Yeah. Where the sun's coming in. And, and if and if location is a factor to that shot, then obviously take that into an account w- with composing the shot. Mm-hmm. You know, because that that's all it is to me. I know that there's a lot of apps out there that add background blur, which is completely different from Bokeh that we use. It's or, very obvious. Like, to with, tell. Yeah, that we achieve through uh, focal. You know, so um, so our, our apertures and and. That type of stuff, um, you should just take into account always. Yeah, it's it's interesting just to talk about like kind of the like the ethics behind it because you can go out and be a photographer if you don't, but if you don't know anything about fly fishing, you're not going to consider like the fish's yeah well being safety and yeah, like yeah. getting them back 
in an efficient time, you know, that's not stressing the fish yep. too much. It's just like you got to – it's just things that are really important to, to think about. It's yeah, bigger I, than just getting the getting the photo. It, it is. It, it, it's, it's, it's like not even a question. It's it's not about the photo. It's it's great if you can have it. Um, the experience that you had to get it was uh, was – what really matters you know so you should especially being such a you know wild trout fisherman and and wanting to always catch wild trout first they're they're just prettier for one but they behave in a different way and if you care about them you you shouldn't be putting them you should put them through the least amount of stress Mm -hmm. as possible you know we're already ripping them out of their holes (laughs) acting like where they're feeding them stuff that they're, they're supposed to be eating. So be mindful of your timing when you're handling, when you're taking photos, if you didn't get it right away, then you didn't get it, move on. Um, and even just going back to fish care, think about what time of year it is, because if it's, if it's the summertime, you don't want them to. You want them to be out less because they're already stressed, potentially from heat and less less oxygen. So, just be mindful of stuff, um, and hopefully release them back every time to grow bigger and give us more wild trout in the future. Yeah, so. no, that's great, dude. Um, well, I think I'm gonna drain the main vein really quick. Yeah. But when <laughs> I get it. back, we're gonna go into this Q and A, and. Yeah, I think this will be fun. Kind yeah. of go into some of the questions that people had about yeah, for sure. fishing. Yeah, look forward to it. And yeah, it should be good. All right, guys, here we go. We've got we've got a bunch of bunch of questions from you guys on Instagram. I asked y'all to to, to to send in some questions, so we're gonna we're gonna try to answer these to the the best of our ability. <laughs> the best of our abilities. That's that's all we can do. That's right? Goal. That's all I can ask for. I'll give you my opinion on them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. My perspective. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's see here. These are uh, these are in no particular order. I didn't have time to order them. You guys know how I operate. Um, so we're just going to go through these. And, and we'll do it, we'll do it live. We'll do it live, baby. All right, so B-K-N-K-E-Y. Jeez. He asks, best rod weight for streamers? That's personal preference. I, I think kind of relative. I think if you're, if you're going to really get into it, you should probably be looking at sevens or eights. Um, you need to match. I'm going to go into line too. Yeah. Yeah. You need to match your line, the grain weight line with your rod. Um, and then you need to try a few different types of lines out to see what matches your rod. Um, I have multiple lines for different rods. I, I like to fish with an eight weight. Um, I like to fish with, uh, specifically a, a Helios 3F and a Helios 3D. And my 3D, I have it set up with an Airflow uh, shovel head and a 330 green. Um, it, and it, it casts it wonderfully, and it gets the flies down really deep, really fast. Um, it has a, I think it's Airflow set. It was like 7.5 to 8 inch per second sink rate, uh, which doesn't, correlate to grain weight so just make sure that you you understand that grain you can have a 330 grain floating line um so make sure that when you're buying sinking lines that you're looking at uh 
inch per second or their sync rate. Um, but that uh, with the 3F, I like a streamer max airflow streamer max long and a 250 grain mm-hmm. uh, because it's a softer rod. It, it, it's a more accurate rod, and I think it truly is compared to the D um, and, and the Creeks at least. Um, but but today I, you I, made the switch up. Yeah. So when we went to the bigger river, I got the D out because it's a faster action and I want to be able to hit distances. I can hit a distance accurate with that rod, but when I get in close with that rod, with that, with that line set up, I'm not accurate in the Creek. Mm. I struggle quite a bit. Whereas with the F it's a more accurate, slower action rod, um, uh, especially at closer distance. So, um, I think just having the right tools for the job, uh, and, and for me, that's a seven or an eight weight. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it takes a little while though to kind of maybe figure it out like, your your it, ideal. You, setup. you may not like uh, either one. You may like a six. You may like a, a nine weight too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. if you, I feel like if you have a six and you're like that's just like a typical trout trout rod yeah. like setup i feel like you you could absolutely stream you fish can, with you can streamer fish small creeks. i used to i used mm-hmm. to streamer fix or sh- streamer fish with a six weight yeah and a three weight mm-hmm. you know um i like having the eight that's what i prefer both on creek fishing yes i use an eight weight on a little itty bitty creek um but it's more to cast the flies and to cast the line and stuff like that than it is to fight the fish. It has mm-hmm. very little to do to fight the fish. No, by the way, a 12 inch rainbow is still going to put a pretty good bend on an eight weight. It will. You won't have to fight it way down the butt. Like you will a giant brown or a small mouth, but it's going to put a bend on it. It's still going to be fun. Small is going to take your rod out of your hand. Small will take it. Right? <laughs> Nick, Nick today, dude. <laughs> carp, pull, the carp out. Carp. <laughs> that was crazy. That, that was, was crazy. wild, dude. <laughs> all right so next question from colmer 63 said what size hook streamers do you typically use uh, it's situational um obviously first and foremost follow your regulations where you're fishing at that day um so you may need to use single hook if you like bigger articulated streamers that are typically two hook platform cut the rear hook at the shank or right here at the shank cut that off um but size of hooks uh it it, they're platform specific so that's that's really hard to answer yeah Uh, if you're tying your own um b10s's are great they come in a line of sizes so i I think those are those are good hooks arex makes some really good hooks i like their um they're thinner wire hooks just because you you penetrate better um just in general because it doesn't you don't have to have a lot of force to penetrate the mouth of the whatever fish so any thinner wire but still strong enough to hold what you're fishing for yeah do you, do you want to talk about a few of these flies here really quick what we got we, yeah we can on this because i know we brought this out earlier just to kind of touch on a few of maybe your favorite go-to um it's that different, is. and that, that's why I did bring these out. It's different for wade fishing, and it's different for, uh, I guess, bigger river or raft fishing or boat fishing. Um, f- favorite flies are going to be flies that I have confidence in. Uh, so f- uh, on a creek, it's really hard to beat dungeons. It, it is. 
Mm-hmm. Um, another, I'm not going to say this is my favorite fly. Another incredibly effective fly is a headbanger sculpin. I don't fish with those anymore just because I don't like to. They're a pain to cast. Do they get down? And do you catch a lot of fish on them? Absolutely. Yeah. I don't enjoy to fish with them, so I just I don't. And I would rather deal with not catching a fish over fishing with that. Um, but uh, something you have confidence in. I like the creek. This is something I tie. It's a Russ Madden pattern. Um, this was fished today a lot, but it's uh, a chromatic circus peanut. Um, I have a lot of confidence in this size. It's about, what, two and a half, three inches. It's yeah. not, not huge. Mm-hmm. A mini dungeon will never do you wrong. When in doubt, throw on an olive mini dungeon. Um, I think that you should have uh, a few of those. And then you can step up to other weighted dungeon-like three to four inch streamers as well. Yeah. So nice. Um, little taste of the box, man. Not yeah. giving them everything, but just showing them a well, little bit. I think and that's just the Creek, the, the, the river, my go-tos or my confidence or they're, they're kind of similar action. They all three swim this won't say the same, but similar. They're bait fish style. They're unweighted, um, double deceiver. I think you can't go wrong there. Uh, the sluggo, the tiny dancer, and then the Sid. I have a lot of confidence in Andreas Anderson's patterns, um, specifically the Sid. But they they move and dance in a different way. Yeah. So those are kind of some of my go tos for the river, and you'll find me using those the most in different colors. Some, yeah. especially uh, no that one that one does not catch fish <laughs> right exactly <laughs> that does guy, not catch that fish. color doesn't catch fish we'll we'll see what they what they they do tomorrow yeah. too should be good um so disc jockey underscore nito asks best time of year for big river streamer fishing big river streamer fishing yeah like wait like so I'm guessing maybe like kind maybe of, not tailwater or just bigger maybe just big yeah big water maybe tailwater or bigger free stones when you're able to go yeah I feel like springtime's good because it, it, it fish is get active but yeah I mean go go when we talked earlier about those those higher opportunity times go unless people are going to be out there so yeah. I mean that, that's that could be around. in the winter it could be. Uh, when you think that these fish are, or if if you think you're in a migratory system, maybe um, target that water when you think that they will be moving into those those different areas. You know, maybe maybe the fall is a better time because mm-hmm. you can catch them coming into a system, maybe to get ready for spawn or uh, after winter and early spring, where they're just kind of everywhere and they're just feeding heavy. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I think that's good because I don't think there's like a specific like month or there's a specific like no, season that like you have to me. go, you know. Yeah, I think it's good to understand about like what is actually. I think going the dead on. of summer can be struggles, mm-hmm. just because of low water. Yeah, you've got low clear water just about everywhere. That can be a struggle, but every time the rest of the year is usually because you've got. If you think about spring, spring is always good. It's just good. Winter, it's good for streamers. Uh, again, because f- for the most part, at least the systems that I fish have l- less bugs. It's not that they don't have bugs, but they have less bugs, so they're they're probably going to be feeding on other forage like fish. 
in the fall they're just big and nasty because they're getting ready for the spawn yeah you know so they're gonna so you got all those for you oh yeah no that's good so here this next question from Polly wags he said on new water do you focus on color or size of streamer pattern first i think that's a that's a good question it's it's neither um it it goes back to your confidence fly First and foremost, I'm uh, when I open the box that day. There, there are a few patterns that I'm always going to pull out, even if I like say I'm in a boat. If uh, I'm going to pull one of my weighed confidence flies out because I have confidence in that fly, so I think it's it's a fly that you have confidence in first, and then secondly, it's probably color. Um, so to me we were talking about this a little bit ago, but it's, it's, I think there's something to what Kelly Gallup talks about with, with like light sky, light fly. I think it's, it, 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 it can, it can be true sometimes, mm-hmm. but I, I like Russ Madden's kind of theory on the whole thing. And he, he says, match the bottom um, because some rivers run different colors. Some rivers run green, some rivers run, yellowish or tannish some are really olive and typically everything in nature matches its surroundings so right, right. logically like fish, yeah, yeah logically it probably makes sense to throw um something first it's the color of the bottom of the, the the stream or river that you're fishing yeah so that can that can really help that makes sense do i yeah it makes so much sense but i just don't know why i haven't like really thought about it, that it, i yeah it, it's just that's why I, I've kind of transitioned to that thought as well, because it's just, it makes logical sense. Yeah. So, cause like naturally for like over, like with evolution and natural mm-hmm. selection, like the, the ones that adapt to their uh, environment yeah. the most are going to be the ones that stay alive yeah, yeah. and evolve. And, and I think there's something to what Kelly says, Kelly Gallup says too, about um, like if it's bright out, throw a bright fly, but I don't know. I've caught a lot of fish on a bright day with a black fly too, or mm-hmm. a, a dark brown fly or an olive fly. So some of that is true, but cause when, when you've, when you let's, let's say it is dark out, having a darker color fly, if it's super cloudy out in some scenarios can be good, especially if the water's color too. So mm-hmm. if you've got super cloudy, maybe it's getting low light and you've got kind of muddy water, you're going to want something that can make a profile that's visible from as far as possible. So that can be important. But yeah, if you're just starting out, focus first and foremost, confidence, something that you think that you can catch fish with no matter where you're at, start there. That's a good starting point always, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, And then secondly, try to match that bottom if that, that first confidence fly isn't working out. And then it get weird after that. Just, yeah. just get weird. You just gotta get weird. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, just put something on that you're like, there's no way this is gonna work. Yeah. And just see what happens. Dude, I love it. Yeah, there you go. All right. So this next question from Michael Ryan twenty nine. He said, Do you retrieve your streamer upstream or downstream? How to get to the and then he also asks how to get to the bottom of deep holes. Both and you don't. Next question. Next question. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you don't get to the bottom of deep holes. <laughs> Unless you're fishing like... You, you don't. It, it, 
<laughs> a headbanger, split shot, and a really long leader. And then you're not going to catch anything because if they're down there, they're not actively eating. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they're just they're sipping midges, yeah. dude. <laughs> so this next one, I know. So you, I know you talked about your biggest mistake or some mistakes earlier. Yeah. yeah. But uh, from Brandon JV, he asks, what's the top streamer mistake you see other anglers do the most? Um, so maybe me. I mean, we can all work on our strip set. That's not really the. I think it's the the rhythmic cadence, um, and it's not necessarily a mistake. It's just the more time of water you realize that the the more things that you can do to the streamer to make it sw- swim in a different way can trigger responses, so you switch it up more. Um, it's the 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 rhythmic response always never never changing always constant mm-hmm. nature's not like that so it, that that to me it, it's not like i'm like oh this dude can't fish because he he's stripping that way you're still gonna catch fish it, i would do it differently that's all yeah that's yeah just maybe be like more conscious active, of switch of it up switching it up that's all until it you find something that maybe yeah. maybe catches yep. that day and that's that's well, like the, yep. the, do multiple things to because you're, you're you're actively again trying to trigger a response so do things that uh are different because if you're doing something the same thing all day and you haven't moved to fish we'll change something yeah that's a variable that you can change split rich 83 asks can you shave the mustache and use it for hackles on a fly gee i don't know man <laughs> We could probably I'd, we could probably take some from your beard. Well, I, uh, <laughs> any time, like, like I was just telling you, I, I trimmed it significantly, and just I could have used all of that. Yeah, there was there was a lot. Yeah, dude, that'd be funny. That'd be hilarious. With the mustache, I could when I trim the mustache. Yeah, but the mustache isn't coming off. No, no. Got a rock stash. Yeah, I, and I'm not working uh, with a whole lot, so gotta, I, I got to keep all I can, out there. Can get it, you know. <laughs> yeah. So maybe maybe not. Okay, so Lobster Productions. This guy might be from Maine, but he asks, "What's your favorite stripping, swinging, or dead drift?" It, it's situational. You can do them practically in the the same cast, you know. Right. Because I can dead drift it, and then at the bottom of the dead drift, swing it, and then bring it upstream right after it. Right. right. So I think you should do all of them. Um, I don't. I, I don't have. <laughs> I don't. The one that worked. I don't. I don't think I have a favorite. Yeah. 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 Well, is there? Is, is there a specific what, one? That, like, is there? Is there a way that I would like to receive or to to catch a fish yeah. on a shore? Yeah, yeah, maybe that. It would be like a, a sixty foot cast where I can see it chasing, and then at the last minute, and just, I I can't see it anymore, so I can actually catch it. So <laughs> yeah, can, so I could actually like strip set on it and not yep. pull it away from them. Yep, that's yeah. There you go. Yeah, that's how I'd want. It. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Seeing the chase. Seeing the chase and then them actually eating mm-hmm. is pretty cool. Nice. And that doesn't happen all the time. <laughs> They'll chase a lot. Um, this next one, Jolly Beat says, how shallow would you throw streamers and does the beard help? <laughs> Big question. I don't know about the beard, but uh, helping. But I think that 
like I said, you should you should try to fish everywhere, um, even if it doesn't look like it can hold a trout because there's some deceptively, I guess, deep, shallow spots <laughs> to where they could just be. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's deep enough to hold a trout's body, then try it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there is too shallow. Mm-hmm. I mean, there obviously is too shallow, but it's... But it's you like, could go pretty shallow. We'll say you that. Can see the rocks. <laughs> yeah. There's no fish. Don't yeah. like just go ahead and cast. Yeah, exactly. Just, just try it. So this next one from Will Bless. I guess we we kind of maybe touched on this, um, but we can we can go into this one. He says advice on stripping re- re- retrieval techniques, mm-hmm. and then he says how fast or slow when to vary speed, etc. Yeah, it's it's the situational time of water thing, and so much yeah. of it is. It's you're you're gonna figure out the more you fish what you're what you can do and the type of water that you're in, and you need to use the flies that can help you achieve what you're trying to achieve for that specific type of water. So it's it's too situational to give like really an answer to be honest with you you just you just have to you have to keep you just have to keep trying things until you find something that worked and if that worked try that thing again that day and see if it keeps working do you mend at all when you like from a boat okay i don't know because and it's because i use bow bowing my sinking line to do different things in my retrieve um and so no i don't i don't ever mend it and yeah. it's sinking line it's really hard to mend sinking line if you're mm-hmm. casting really far yeah uh, and the creek you can kind of do it and i guess i guess there are times if you're if you're trying to kind of bring it upstream really quickly and you want to like mend it and mm-hmm. not let your line start to bow down to then drag the streamer that could that could be maybe sometimes you mend it but no i don't i don't really mend you kind of have to mend though like right when you hit it hits I, I guess it is a little bit but more on, on but small it's, creeks but it's like a it's not a mend like that you would think about when you mend with like bugs or dry fly or right. something you know it's it's like almost a whole like you're picking up that entire like sinking line section and like kind of bringing it forward almost it's mm-hmm. if it's a man that's an ugly one yeah you know yeah no, it's not like yeah it's more just yeah i think just the but direction it, of your it, line. but what you're doing is you're it's it's a directional change of your streamer in the water though is what you're trying to achieve usually i i'm not using a man to achieve depth ever it's it's to change the direction of the fly got it not not to depth yeah i think that's that's a good that's a good clarification yeah. way to put it um, Westbow two asks, do mouse pattern streamers work? I don't fish them often. I've never caught one on a mouse because I don't fish them often. I have, we talked about this today too. I have a theory <laughs> that, that you would surprise yourself. I think greatly if you fished with a mouse for a year that I think that you could probably catch on the East coast and the Southeast and creeks, big brown trout or big uh, trout predators uh on a mouse during the day why not mm-hmm. if i'm catching them on three four inch streamers in a creek jigging it jigging it like upstream next to cover or a, a riffle and that streamer is practically on the surface 
why couldn't you use a mouse to do the same thing? I mean, they're predators. They're opportunistic. If they mm-hmm. see something that's easy prey, why wouldn't they go after and eat it? If the condition serves them right and they're hungry. Yeah. I think just the whole mouse pattern gets like glorified because it's like a you fish it and I eat. It's got this. Yeah. Oh, you gotta go fish it in Alaska. I, I've, I've like, never fished for trout at night. I have no desire to. It seems like you have a tremendous unfair advantage. Yeah. Like it's. I don't know. I think it's the challenge is fun of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I, I really think that if you sp- spent a year mousing, you you would probably catch some pretty big fish. That'd be that'd be cool. I, you, you I'd like not, to. You might not. You might not catch anything. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you, might, yeah. <laughs> you might go a bunch and throw yeah, this a year mouse. from now. Yeah. One of you guys needs to tell us how to live. I live entirely way too far to spend a year <laughs> fishing a mouse. I mean, now if you live in Alaska, that doesn't count. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be different. Yeah. Okay, so St. Snyder asks leader length, and they said jerk strip or regular retrieve strip. I think we touch retrieves. That's all. Yeah. Uh, it, we touch on that. Yeah. Learn your flaws. Learn how to fish your flies. You'll you'll figure that out. That's the same thing with leader too, though. Is the leader that I'm running for this full size dungeon is different from this mini dungeon is different from this. These are probably close because they're similar in weight and size, but it's definitely much different than these. And then with, within each one of, and for those of you that are only listening, I'm, I'm pointing to like some unweighted four or five, six inch flies for those. Those leaders are much different in general than the Creek leaders. And for each one of those, they each have a sweet spot. So again, it comes down to learn your flies, learn how to fish them. Mm-hmm. You're going to find what works best for you for the setup that you have and the way that you like to fish them. So it, it's that goes back time on water too. So right. just get out there, try them, figure out what, what length works for you. I would say that, uh, I don't know, three to five feet's a good starting point. Like, is there any? I have a very specific leader that I use. Yeah. Um, and it's a Rio's butt material and seven, eight, and nine weight. That's how they promote it. I forget what the the diameter is, but it, it's like practically like 50 pound test. Um, and then I use usually 15 or 20 pound maximum fluorocarbon. And. Uh, probably 16 inches of the, the butt material and a range of um, inches depending on fly for the uh, the maxima. So get out there and just, just try the different lengths of leader because they're, they're going to make your fly just do different things. Yeah, totally. Okay, so there's a couple questions asking, like how do I fish streamers on floating line? Just get weighted streamers. For the most part, um, plunge them in, especially if you're in creeks, just plunge them in, use a longer leader, similar to them. So if you, if you've got, you know, a longer leader, you're just going to achieve more depth. So just get a longer leader, um, and use weighted flies to achieve the depth that you need or use wedge headed, unweighted flies. Those will get down. Mm-hmm. All right. So there's a bunch of repeats on here, but. Let's say here's here's the last question. Uh, what's your favorite streamer, and how do you fish it? 
that's from Alex Flybox. That's really that's really difficult. Like obviously you have different favorites, but like maybe like right now, like what what, what would be your favorite? How would you fish it? Oh man, probably a tiny dancer. Um, I love what you can do with it. Love the way it swims. Caught a lot of big fish off of it. And how I would fish it. Was that the second part of it? Yeah. Um, preferably from a boat in big water and real super hard one, two strips with abrupt stops and let that thing just dance on the back end. Cause that's yeah. what it does. And it does it really well. It's just fun to watch. It's fun to watch. The fish respond to it occasionally, but yeah, the whole time it's coming back every cast, I'm like, man, that thing looks incredible. <laughs> <laughs> so at least if the fish yeah, so like, at least I think it looks really good. <laughs> um, but it, it's it's caught a lot of different species and a lot of really big fish of those different species. Uh, so that one, that one's a good one. I've yeah. got, I've got a handful. The ones out here on the table are kind of um, and kind of the ones that I, I tend to stick with yeah the most i had the most confidence in yep might be dead might be dead oh that's okay it's all right we're about to wrap it up here um cool so i guess lastly to close out um what do you think is the biggest misconception with streamer fishing in our area and uh have you uh maybe felt like you've debunked that through what you've uh you've done over the last couple of years uh I, I don't know if i debunked it i think that i i've had success i think that i don't know if it's a misconception i think that there there maybe is a perception that you can't catch big fish on big streamers and small water um you you can if they're there you know, I think that I think brown trout, uh, sizable brown trout, respond the same regardless of where they are in the world, unless they live in a freakishly bug heavy river. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there are some of those out there, but I think for the most part, they respond pretty similar. So. Yeah, like don't be afraid yeah. to fish a big fly in a small yeah. stream because you never. Uh, know. I, yeah, I don't. I don't. But I don't know if that's a common misconception. I just, right. yeah, I've had success with it fishing some of the bigger flies, and I guess you could. I, I wouldn't say I've debunked anything, but yeah, I've had success. It might have been from something it. that you yeah. thought of, you know, back in the day. Like, oh, there's no way I'd fish a big streamer in this this creek, and then you end up doing it. Like, yeah, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. I think that that's when you start to just try stuff. That's when you get surprised by it, and that's certainly what happened. Is that, hey, there's brown trout here. Why not? why not try to trigger a response? And then you do, and you're like, oh, wow, there's, there was a really big one here. Let's go try to look for those elsewhere. Yeah. So that's that's the fun part of it, too. Mm-hmm. Sweet, dude. Yeah. Well, hey, I appreciate uh, appreciate you no, hopping on here for, yeah, thanks for chatting, man. This has, been, this has been a ton of fun. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> yeah. If you guys are listening or watching and you guys want to keep kind of keep up with some of his social stuff and see some of the fish he's caught, um, go check out his Instagram at CJ Lord. Bunch of really awesome photos on there and just some, just a bunch of pigs. So, oh, thanks, man. yeah, it's pretty. It's just pretty cool to see from like the southeast, especially North Carolina, like seeing that 
there are fish out there. There's a lot of big fish out there that people can target, and uh, it just takes some time. Yeah, it does. To, it to does really, you know, get put yourself out there and and try try new technique. Try yeah, try different stuff. Always try different stuff. Get more data, and hopefully it leads you to catching something that you've been trying to catch. Yeah, and always, I think too, like always trying to take something away from the day. Yeah, you've like, got to. If you're not learning out. from it, then probably shouldn't be doing it anymore. To be quite honest with you, so take something from it every time you're out enjoy yourself uh have fun with the grind don't let it you know it's it's find something out of that if if you get really into it but um yeah have fun with it get weird every now and then sweet love it dude yeah good deal well uh, appreciate you guys listening and, and making it this far. If you if you've made it this far, make sure you're subscribed. Yeah, hit that like be subscribed button. If you made it this far, helps us a ton. <laughs> and uh, make sure you go check out our new apparel. We just released our spring collection. It's out now. Wild www.wild-fly.com/shop. So go check out that uh, the new apparel. There's some really cool stuff on there. And uh, yeah, hope you guys enjoy it. But that's going to do it for us here. We're getting up early to fish. We're getting after it tomorrow. Yeah, we are. Day two out of two. And, hopefully um, we get one. Yeah. Hopefully we'll get a few. Hopefully we'll get we'll get some fish, man. Yeah. Hopefully you guys might see in a future video. Yeah. Keep your eyes out. Cool. We'll see, we'll see you guys in the next one. Appreciate you all listening.